Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. We're the Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God. Welcome to our podcast channel. Today, we bring you a playback of Sunday's Charge Up. We hope that you listen with your spirit and are blessed. Hi, Abigail, how are you? Hello, I'm good. You're good? Yes, I am. Good, 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 good. Glad to know that. All right, we will be starting on time today. Um, give me a wave of no pads and pens, bibles and things. Good, Tenny's ready, Tenny's super ready. Only Tenny's got a notepad. Can I see notepads, please? Can I see notepads? Can I see notepads? All right, I see Laiade's notepad. I see Abigail. All right, I see Faith's notepad. Amazing, amazing. Okay, okay. So today, um, there's a whole lot coming at you, and I just encourage you to focus more on listening and understanding. Okay. Now I know many of us are note takers. Okay, but just um, consider that it's a lot. I think in terms of conceptualizing, in terms of what you're probably going to be wrapping your mind around in alignment with what I'm saying. Yeah, and writing and listening may just prove to be a multitasking effort that would mean you are actually not taking anything from the conversation okay so if you find that i'm saying a lot just listen we have our charge-ups on the podcast so you can go back for it which i always encourage that you do we're going to take the prayer now on the count of three and right after that we move right all right one two and three all right so last week can anybody just give me like two lines about our conversation last week sunday anybody 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 who am i listening to okay um, so grace, grace did the work essentially and um, trying to trying to do like we can never measure up in our own version. So yeah, that's what I remember right now. Very yeah. important point. Very important point. What Mega is communicating here is that we spoke about the fact that we can't earn grace. There's nothing we can do to earn grace. And most of us were brought up in church in a way that knowingly or unknowingly we were taught to work at righteousness, to work at earning grace, to work at being saved. But that is silly, really, because Jesus already did the work. He saved us already. And there was a dialogue at the end of Charge Up last week where we were saying, oh, so do you mean that because I'm saved, I'm not a sinner? And I was explaining as as best as I could that when you are saved, you're not a sinner. You sin, it's, a, it's an act, but it's not your identity. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So if you sneezed right now, you are not a sneezer, if, if that makes any sense. Your, your identity in Christ is that you are saved. And I'm just hoping that everybody here understood and, and I want to ask for permission to move further. Now, if I don't have your permission and something you want me to go back for, I'm very happy to do that. So do I have your permission to move further? Everything we said last week is good. I can move further. So in this whole dialogue where I said, look, it's like 
God is peeling onions. You know, I said, who's cutting onions? Because it's like layers and layers and layers are being peeled from us in terms of even our character. You will just notice that there's just some stuff that's not really, it's not for you anymore. There are just some people that you're not hating, you're not beefing, there's no issues, but just not anymore. There are just some interests, some issues, just no, do you get what I mean? And then you would also find that with, without being provoked, some people will just leave without fanfare. There will just be some funny dialogue that will somehow just remove some people from your life. So I submit to you that the last two years or so have been about removing these layers so that we can actually get to who we are. I believe very strongly that the process that we are going through is about becoming you becoming Olayode, becoming Mega, becoming Lami, becoming Tenny. That's the process that we're going through. But that process had a wrong foundation at some point, like I said last week. And that wrong foundation was that of belief. Belief in understanding that when Jesus Christ died for us, he said it is finished. The thing is, many of us keep going back for it. And many of us don't understand our identity in Christ and struggle with that. So really, really, really quick one. I said to you last week, man is a spirit. Man possesses a soul. Many people confuse the soul and the spirit, right? Sometimes when, when you're in conversations, you interchange soul and spirit, but they're two different things. Man is spirit, okay? But man possesses a soul. Your soul is the mind where you, you think, you will, your emotions. Your soul is where the thinking, the feeling, the choosing happens, okay? And then you live in a body. So let's just run that through together. Feel free to unmute your microphone to let me know nobody here is asleep. Man is a... Spirit. Spirit. Thank you. Man possesses a... So man lives in a body. body. But when we die, what is left behind anybody? It's behind the body. When we die, what do we leave behind? The body. body. Oh, yeah. great. Exactly. So you see, in in, in at, at the risk of sounding too repetitive, man is a spirit man possesses a soul this soul has the mind will emotions thinking feeling choosing yeah man lives in a body but you are not your body okay you are actually not your body your spirit is who you are that's your identity as a a, a true born again human I hate saying born again Christian as though there's another kind of Christian because to me they're one and the same. Um, so uh, if you are born again, then you are spirit. Your spirit is your identity. I'm going somewhere here, track with me. So if you don't understand that, a lot of the, the reasoning around your relationship with God starts to suffer. So like I said, you have a soul, but you are a spirit. You have a soul, but you are a spirit. One is a possession. The other is identity. One is a possession. The other is a source of identification. And so to be born again 
is to be impacted by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Once you're not with me, just start with him, okay? To be born again is to be impacted by the Holy Spirit. So you possessed the old man before you became born again. You possessed the old spirit before you became born again. The sin nature, okay? Are you still with me? But what makes you a Christian is that when you became born again, Jesus Christ started to live in you. So your spirit had a new captain. Your spirit had a new boss. And I joked last week, but while I was joking, I wasn't really joking. I was saying that before you knew Christ, who was the boss of your spirit? Anybody? Anybody? Your flesh? Nope. Nobody? If God is the captain of your spirit, the as devil. thank you very the much. Devil. The devil be everybody daddy before they go to Jesus. Okay? And so the devil has a challenge because I should, I should, what I should have done was share my screen um, to do this. But imagine this for a second, right? <clears throat> Let's assume this is you. It wasn't alcohol inside, it was raspberry. <laughs> it was actually elder juice. Okay, so imagine this is you, right? This is, let's give this person a name. Anybody give this person a name? Come on. Give this person joy. a name. Joy, okay. So joy has given her life to Christ. In here is her spirit, okay? In, in the cup is her spirit. When she gives her life to Christ, God seals all of this with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? But guess what is still left on the outside? Her soul and her body. Do you understand what I'm still saying? Are you still with me? Now, the root of joy before she became a Christian was sin. But sin has no access here. Because guess what? Jesus has saved all of this. This is all covered. And I'm going to give you scripture to back it up so you know I haven't lost my mind, right? Now, the problem is that God identifies you by this. The enemy wants you to identify you by the other things, by your body and by your soul. By how you, so, you know, the soul is where you think, where you are making choices. So many times when you say, I am just a loser, I am just fat. I am just confused. I am just, you start to tell yourself that's what you are, but what you are as a Christian is supposed to be this thing, the spirit. Are you still with me? I'm going somewhere. Now, what makes you a Christian, like I said, is that Jesus Christ lives in you. What makes you a sinner is the root of sin. Your sinning cannot, cannot define your identity because your old spirit is dead. The spirit before Jesus came doesn't exist anymore. This is the spirit that exists. The body and the soul are still there, right? The new spirit is perfect. It is flawless. And just like God, it is sealed with the Holy Ghost. Now, a person who has one spirit but has two minds, spirit and flesh, will be what? Double-minded. And that, I believe, my friends, is where our daily struggles lie. Because 
our spirit man has no problem. According to the word, and like I said, I will show, our spirit is perfect. That's done. We're good. Jesus has done that. We, we dealt with that last week, right? But this whole issue of the soul and the body, big problem, in it? Big problem. Yes? Big, big problem. Now, only your spirit keeps living when you die, obviously. We know that. That's why the body is left behind. So what you do eh, as a Christian is defining who you are instead of who you are defining what you do. Let me break that down. What you do, sin, mistakes, heartbreak, eating too much, letting people hurt your feelings, wrong decisions, failing an exam. What you do, who your friends are, how many followers you have, why people don't want to be in their circle, A, B, C, D. What you do is defining who you are. It should be who you are defining what you and because many of us have refused to fully understand the power of the fact that our spirit has been saved and is perfect and therefore we are saved, we are not sinners, we don't bow to, to, to the devil anymore. The devil has no control, he can't get in here. He tries and tries and he can't get in here. So he stays on the periphery of the soul and the body and tries to mess with that because he has no access to your spirit. The problem is, you don't believe most of what I'm saying. The problem is, even if you wanted to believe it, there's something in your head saying, but Lami, what about sin? What about my mistakes? What about the fact that I'm flesh? What about the fact that, yes, I'm saved and everything. It's not like I don't get that, but once, once my head used to twitch and I used to do something that I'm not supposed to do. What about that, Lami? Stay with me. You are righteous now. I tell you, you are righteous now. There's nothing you can add to yourself that will make you more righteous than you are right now. You are righteous now. You are perfect now. Not when you do right. Not when everybody validates your perfection. You are perfect now. You want to know something. When you want to know how you want to look, you go and look in the mirror, don't you? Because that's, that's the only place where you see your reflection. But as you look at your spirit, if you want to identify your spirit and say, how does my spirit look? You're supposed to go to the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to go to God. The problem is we don't do that. When we do our spirit checks, we go outwards. We go into things and people who don't even know God's plan for us, who don't even know who we are in God. So our whole lives is like this, is inside out. And so when it comes to this concept of transformation, when it comes to this concept of saying, I am saved, God has done the work, let me move on. That is where the problem is, is that we don't fully understand, believe what we are talking about. Is anybody with me here? Are you with me? Am I confusing you? Am I confusing you? Let's go back. You know, last week we looked at Paul. I want us to go back for it. 
Can somebody read Acts 8 verses 1? And we'll pick the next verse. Acts 8 verse 1. Okay, Acts 8 verse 1. Now yeah. Saul was okay. Now Saul was consenting to his death, and at that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Okay. When Saul was what? Con Saul did what? This is about the death of consenting. consenting. Another version says approved, right? Saul approved Stephen's death. Now read verse three. Okay, verse three. Mm -hmm. And uh, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church and entering every house and dragging of men and women. So he did what? What did he do, Abigail? He ravaged. He made havoc. He made of havoc. The church. Yes. Of so the church. For the church. Basically, he tormented Christians, right? And then we go to 2 Corinthians 7, verse 2. And Saul, who is now Paul, says, make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. Paul takes absolutely no responsibility for whatever Saul did. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who did that. It wasn't me. I wasn't there. It wasn't Paul. And you can imagine the people who know him looking and thinking, uh-uh, but bros, is you now, I was there. You were wearing kiniko and something and something. What Paul has done here is what all of us have struggled to do is transform and own the transformation and stay in that transformation for it not to be a hype conversation for it not to be a stint for it not to be a nice idea a wave a vibe for it to be you for it to be what you eat what you drink what you believe who you are Paul basically said that's not me you know, Jay-Z says, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hope. And I think for many people here, you need to go and reintroduce yourself. Because you carried the old man with you. You brought the old man along on this salvation journey. And every single time you try to make some type of progress, the old man is like your... your your comfort zone is like, is like your handicap sign. That is like a reminder that it's okay, it's okay. You can keep working for salvation. And for some reason, for some sick reason, we began to find comfort in that as well. Because at least, eh, 
you know, there's a way this Christian mind, church mind thing where you don't want to sound or look as if you know everything. There's something we say, you say, I don't want to look like I have it all figured out. I don't want to sound as if I'm perfect. I don't want to sound as if, because you believe that in sounding that way, you are somehow equalizing yourself. You are somehow making yourself seem human like everybody else. But guess what? You're not like everybody else. You're not human like everybody else. The Bible says that he made you fearfully and wonderfully. The Bible said that you are extraordinary. The Bible says that no man has seen, no eye has, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what you are going to do. So why, 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 why do we insist on the confirmation of confirming, of making ourselves small, of shrinking to the size of our pre-saved self? Identifying with your past means you have not aligned with your now. And that makes you and I double-minded. And we all know what the Bible says. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if you've been wondering why you start and stop certain things, that's the answer. If you've been wondering why one minute you are hot for God, second minute you are not, that's the answer. It's in the, it's in the mind. It's because you still in some way identify with, you know how they say before Christ and after Christ, B-C-A-C. There's still a before, so for example, there's a before faith and after faith. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And, and, and the two are riding together. They are cohabiting and, it's, and there's a struggle for who is in charge. Let's go to 1 John. I want to explain some things very quickly. Let's go to 1 John 3 verse 9. I will read very quickly, but you can read it after. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character, remains permanently in him, who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. I'm reading the Amplified Version. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. I'm going to read another scripture. Keep that in mind. Hebrews 9 verse 12 says, he went once and for all into the holy place, the holy of holies of heaven, into the presence of God, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, having obtained and secured eternal redemption, eternal redemption. That is the salvation of all who personally believe in him as savior. Last scripture real quick. Therefore, this is 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. And all things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. So you see this issue, most of us have heard this scripture before. How many people have heard these scriptures before? I have. And we said it and we professed it we prayed it. Some of us fasted it even. But what we failed to understand 
is that while the spirit and the salvation of the spirit is automatic and eternal, eternal, granting us eternal life, the transformation of the body and the soul are not automatic. Somebody is asking, so what do we do, Abby? Is that the question in your mind? Like, okay, Lami, what now, right? If that's not the question, I can move on. Is that the question? Talk to me. Yes, now. it is. You see, there are certain things that as Christians, because most of you have been Christians for more than one day, right? So there are some scriptures you've heard, 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 you are tired. Or you heard it the wrong way. You heard it the wrong way. You believed it's the wrong way. We were taught fear instead of love. So when we came to God, we came to God with fear instead of love. So now understanding love of self and love of God is like homework for many people, right? So I'm just establishing that how we are thinking needs to change. Romans 6 verses 7 to 8 say, for the person who has died with Christ, is that, in fact, somebody should read that. Romans 6, verses 7 to 8. Romans 6, verses 7 to 8. For he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Mm -hmm. That's 7 and 8. Okay, I'll continue. Maybe I, I went on. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, you, you have your benefit resulting in sanctification, being made holy and set apart for God's purpose. And the outcome is eternal life, right? Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, I'm put on the new self. I'll stop there. There's more that comes after that. I'm put on the new self. Can we just be real for some minutes can we just be real anybody willing to just have a real conversation here hmm? it is difficult for us to know who we are because we don't know who god is do you accept that we know who our idea of him is we know who we believe he is we have this picture in our minds of God and who we are supposed to be in God. But how many of us have spent time to get a revelation of who God is for our own selves? How many of us have actually spent time to get a revelation of Jesus? You see, you cannot call Jesus your savior and you can't identify him. It's like, you know, if you're trying to get into a concert, right? And there's one person that has all the tickets. The first thing you're going to ask your hookup is, please, what's the person's name? And then you may go as far as saying, please, what's he wearing, right? So that you can shout, hey, it's me. It's me, Lami. You're supposed to give me four tickets, right? If you, if you know the person who is doing the concert inside, or you don't know the person that can get you into the concert, or you is your kids. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And so for many of us, we have a storybook version of Jesus. We have a, uh, some packaged, neat bow 
version of Jesus. We don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. With some of us, we start and then we stop. And so we become generic Christians. And there's a big difference between couture and generic. There's a big difference between a gourmet meal and fast food. The big difference is time. The time that was taken to make it what it is. And so if you are struggling, if you find yourself in that place of, do I even really believe? I believe God is God, and I believe Jesus is the son of God. But then what? Do I even really believe that he, say, he saved me? Do I see myself as saved? Or do I see myself as sinner? Which one really do I identify with more on a daily basis? When, when Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, I'm put on the new self, it's an act of faith. You don't put on the new self feeling like, yeah, 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 I have it all figured out. Look, let me tell you something. Here in England, Charles is, has become king, right? You know that as Charles is putting that outfit on, he don't, it don't feel right. And he's waited for 70 years. It won't feel right because he's been what for a long time? He's been what? A prince. But now he's the king. Do you understand? He's a king. All the law, everything points to that. He's king. Same thing. Now you are a child of God. You are called by God. A royal priesthood. You are called and loved and saved by God. So it is no wonder that because you were someone else before, that someone else is sitting side by side with this you that they say put on the new nature. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And if we can't believe, if we don't change the way we believe, if we don't change the way we see ourselves, we will still continue to do this two-step dance with the devil where the devil will sit on the, on the arms of your soul, sit on the arms of your body and use that to influence the spirit as opposed to who you are, i.e. spirit influencing your soul and your body. And the thing about it is the devil knows he's a really silly bully, right? Isn't he? The devil is a bully. How many of you know that? He's a bully. He comes for you. He comes for you seriously. He's like, hey, let me make this one mess up. And then I'm going to sit on this issue for a while until this one just, you know, forgets the power that they have as a Christian. And then from there, Sha, we'll do this and we'll do that. If you sit with me on, in this thought for a minute, I want to explain something very quickly to you. I believe that when we gave our lives to Christ, there was a switcheroo. And I think I said that last week. There was a switcheroo and many of us didn't, we didn't grab it. Many of us may not even have thought ourselves worthy of grace, of mercy, of love, of many things. So we didn't accept it. So when the Bible says that, do you accept Jesus Christ? The word there I want you to focus on is accept. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And you go there and you say yes. Can I explain to you what you were supposed to be doing at that time? 
Like I said, the enemy knows the word of God. He knows who you are. He knows what you're entitled to. But since you keep second guessing it, he tampers with it. And then he stays as a bully. And he's really effective too. Because he studies you. He studies you more than you study yourself. He studies the word more than you study the word. He knows. He knows the spots. He knows what to do. Do you understand? So you need to come to a place of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I know for many of us, you say, well, I mean, I already did this. I'm born again. That's why I'm here. But just pretend for a second that I know what I'm saying and travel with me. When Paul said, that's not me. When he said, you know what? Allow me to introduce myself. I am Paul Abeg. I don't know all these things that you're talking about. How many of us here would have the audacity to do that? How many of us, if charged or confronted by something or who we were before Christ, would be confident to say, that is not who I am anymore? And stay on that. Like I said to Nini last week, the action of sin is a verb. It is not a person. But the old man of sin is a noun. And that is why when you read, we know that our old self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. It is that old man of sin that you are doing away with. Do you understand me? I feel like I'm speaking over your head. Are you really, really understanding me? Yes, okay. And so in, in, in this thought process, the person who has died in, in Romans 6, 7 to 8, it says the person who has died has been freed from the power of sin, right? This is the Bible, it's not Lamy. I didn't, I'm not making it up. The person who has died has been freed from the power of sin. In this area, we, it's sin there is not the act. It is the noun, the person, the devil. The person who has died with Christ is free from the power of the enemy. Your body still remains, but you don't define yourself by your body. You define yourself by your spirit. And the more you begin to define yourself by your spirit and move from that perspective, sin stop, stops becoming your conversation with God. You just acknowledge that it's part of this body that you are living. Remember, there's a part in the Bible, if anybody can find it for me, where Saul, uh, Paul is angry. About, he said, my body does what I don't want it to do and something, 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 something. That's just him being irritated by his flesh, but not defining himself by it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? Yes? Okay. I'm going to round up now because I want us to go into breakout rooms and have a conversation about it. Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image. That's you. That's the spirit that was saved. Many of us read these scriptures and thought it was something that will happen automatically as we give our lives to Christ and realize that, ah, no, I'm still struggling. Your spirit has been saved, created in God's image, in the righteousness and holiness of truth right? Living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Your soul and your body, they are not new. They are all programmed to the old. This is the how. I'm now going to explain the how. So if you don't hear anything else, hear this part. 
Your soul and your body, they are not new. They are programmed to the old. Your spirit is... Can't hear anybody. New. But your soul and your body are... Old. Old. So, if your soul and your body are programmed to the old, your spirit is new, but your soul and your body have not changed their software essentially. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So even though you are born again, you are still producing the same nonsense in terms of sin, in terms of being double-minded, in terms of second guessing, in terms of, of, of you know, dilly-dallying with decision-making. Now, if you can hold on to this belief that your spirit is saved and you are perfect in Christ and your spirit is who you are, not your body, not your soul, if you can hold on to that and hold on to the power that that truth has, then the next part will start to make sense. The most important thing to do in life as a human being is to be born again. Do you agree with me? Now, the most important thing for a born-again person to do is to renew their mind. That is the how. That's the how. And it's not automatic. The body and soul are not automatically renewed when you give your life to Christ. Do you understand me? They are still tuned to nonsense. It's like they have viruses. Let me explain. I have this very old laptop. Every single time something comes up and tells me a software update that I do later, later, every time, later, 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 later. Until I had an exam on Thursday. And then the thing now started to just, you know, when they say it's turning on you, it was just, you know, when the cursor is just doing like this in the middle of a very serious exam. And I said, oh, well, um, look at your life. Just see yourself here. I had been needing to upgrade that software. They have been telling me there's virus, there's clinical. I didn't answer them. I don't, later, later, later. I kept postponing. And then in the heat of the moment when I needed the silly laptop to have sense, it was just doing photo meow meow. So that is how we are as Christians. There are different warnings. There are different warnings for us to change the way we think for us to go into spaces like the charger, like the different conversations and the different initiatives that God has put in your heart to start to ignite as a Christian, different spaces that will help you. People you know you should be around. People you should say, please help me, be my mentor, be my accountability partner, be my peer, blah, blah, blah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of listening to, instead of Netflix all the time, switching to, you know what, maybe a podcast will help my life. Renewing the mind is something that we all just keep postponing. And this right here is real talk. I don't want to keep doing charge jobs that will just inspire you because inspiration just feeds the soul. It makes your body feel good. It is like when people go to church and say, man, church was fire, something, something, man, because they, you know, they had goosebumps and all that. And the goosebumps just died like a day later because there was no revelation. I'm not here to hype. I'm not here to package. I'm not here for that. I'm here for revelation. I want every single time that we meet as a community for us to experience revelation that will open our minds and move us closer to fulfilling what it was that we were born to do. 
Inspiration, like I said, will make you feel good, but it won't renew your mind. Repeat, you are perfect. Say, I am perfect. Say, I am righteous. Say it like you actually believe it. I am perfect. I am righteous. I am saved. And so in Hebrews 12, verse 23, it says, and to the general assembly and the assembly of the firstborn who are registered as citizens in heaven and to God, who is the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven, who have been made perfect, bringing them to their final glory. We are citizens of heaven. We've been made perfect. From the very beginning, God had a plan. It's about time we stop living this less than life, this almost their life, this maybe not me, this I'm too shy, this mm, I don't want to be the one, I don't want it to seem like, let it seem like this is the time to announce perfection, announce how royal, announce how, how big God is in your life and not going there thinking, ah, maybe I'm going to fail because guess what? That is the old man talking. That is, that is sin talking. Many of you will be thinking, Ah, hey, but you know, just yesterday, do you know what I did? What you did, not who you are. As long as you live in the body, that will exist. But that will never be what defines you. And the more you sit in who you are, i.e. stay in the spirit, operate in the spirit, expose yourself to more spiritual experiences, the more power the spirit will have over the soul and the body. So I go back to this question. Did you do the switcheroo? Did you? Because if you did, you will come to a place of acceptance. The first thing you will accept is salvation. And you, this you can write down if you're taking notes. The first thing you will accept is salvation. And what is salvation? Simple. Jesus Christ came to die for me. You have to believe that you believe that you believe it. Not believe it in a... Um, way to explain it to anybody believe it the same way when they ask you what's your name you answer without thinking believe it in a way that gives you entitlement when you enter your father's house and you open the fridge who can come and charge you and say ah faith is that your house is not possible as they say in liberia if it's yours it's yours but so why are you behaving like you are a gate man in your father's kingdom Accept salvation. That's the first thing. Second thing, accept your new identity. You cannot accept salvation and stay as your old man. Because if you stay as your old man, then your boss is Satan. Do you understand my point? But if you come into your new man, i.e. your spirit man, you who has been saved by God, then you can operate as God wants you to operate. You know your identity. You won't struggle with who you are anymore. First, salvation. Second, identity. Third, accept sonship. This is the way walking it. You see, God wants a father-son relationship with all of us. He likens himself so many times to being our father. That's why when Jesus was teaching us to pray, he said, our father who art in heaven, go to God as your dad. Accept sonship. 
don't come as a slave. Don't come as an outsider. Don't come like they didn't invite you to the party. So you sit at the edge of the chair waiting, waiting for someone to find you out. Walk into the kingdom of God is you. Do you understand? Accept sonship. I am a child of God. The same way you look at your birth certificate, you know who your father and mother are. You know that your father in heaven is your father. Fourth, accept true love. Many of us struggle with this. We feel like we're undeserving of love. So we keep pushing that grace back. We keep pushing God's love back. Accept his love. Let that love just wash over your soul. Go, on, go and check what it means to be loved by God. Do you understand it? Do you understand the access? Do you understand the peace that comes with God's love? Do you understand the security? Why should you worry when God is your God? Accept his love. Fall in love with God. Just rest in his love. Number five, accept your story. Each of us, we have our stories. And the truth of the matter is we've been letting the soul and the body define that story for a very long time. It's time to accept your story. When God did a switcheroo, Paul had a new story. He had a new story and he ran with it. When he did a switcheroo with uh, Jacob, Israel had a new story. When he did a switcher with Abraham, Abraham had a new story. Accept your story and run with it. What is God telling you your story is? Start going in that direction. Stop looking back. And last but not the least, accept that you need to level up. You need to level up. You don't need to, to be asking anybody for permission to be who God has said you're going to be. Paul didn't ask anybody for permission. He said, I'm the apostle. Oh yeah, argue with your ancestors. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So in as much as we joke and we laugh, I mean, we went to with them the other day and one woman said, hey, Mr. Lamia, we all just laughed. But I joke and I laugh, but that's my work now. So accept it. Accept who you are in God and level up. I want to see this community really level up. Let the energy be different. Let the initiative be different. Let the desire be different. You see, there's a difference between when you are still in the old and when you are in the new because the new has the, the energy, the vibes, the, the whole thing is coming from God. It's like you've been flushed newly. You are functioning fresh. It's like when you reset your, your phone, has, like if my laptop now, if I finally do the, and by the way, I never ever did the, um, what do you call it, the software, whatnot. So it's still crazy, but that's a different conversation. But you can imagine how effective it would be when Lamy finally does what she's supposed to do. What won't you accept any longer? What patterns has God been peeling off from you? What, what, what's your journey been like? And what do you think God is trying to tell you in all of what it is that he shared here today? Can you stop putting yourself down? Can you stop seeing yourself as less than? Can you stop defining yourself by sin? Can you stop going back for it? And can you move forward? Can you accept the new person that you are and who God calls you to be and move boldly and courageously? Can you run, 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 strive to level up, 
no excuses, no story, no long thing, just do it. I believe that that is God's intention for us. And when I said, first of all, introduction, I'm saying, introduce you to you. Sit with yourself. Get to know who you are. You've been doing it all wrong. That's why there's been a, you know, Jagaraga struggle. You've been doing it all wrong. Do you believe? And if, and if you know that you're struggling with believing, it's okay. At least you've identified it. If you know that you feel like you fought as a Christian, it's okay. Identify it. If you know that you, you say, you know, Jesus Christ came to die for you, but you know, you can't say it the same way you are saying Lamy is in front of you on this Zoom call. Identify it. Start to identify those things and shut it down and level up. There's a switch rule that happens when we give our lives to Christ. But most of us didn't accept all these things. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed by that. For more wholesome, edifying content and to learn more about us, please head over to our Instagram page at The Radical Remnant. Also, join us live for Charge Up on Sunday. We've reserved a spot just for you. All the details can be found on our Instagram. Once again, we're The Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God.